This is Reset. I'm Sasha Ann Simons. When you hear the words treasure trove, the first thing that comes to mind is probably not boxes of old posters, letters, and photos. But for the creators of the Unboxing Queer History podcast, the old musty boxes that people donate to the Gerber Hart Library and archives are an absolute treasure. Here to tell us more about what gaps these boxes can fill in our understanding of queer history is Arielle Mejia. She's a Chicago-based independent audio producer and senior producer of the Unboxing Queer History podcast. Welcome to the show, Arielle. Hi, thank you for having me. Also with us is Jen Dentel, Programming and Social Media Coordinator at Gerber Hart and co-creator of the podcast. Hi, Jen. Hi, Sasha. Jen, the Gerber Hart is the largest queer archive and library in the Midwest. So tell us a bit about the collections and what's on rotation there. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, Gerber Hart is a library and archives. Uh, We were founded in 1981. Um, And we focus on the LGBTQ history of Chicago and the Midwest. So we have a large circulating library, uh, an archives, and then a special collections with, you know, a lot of LGBTQ periodicals. And we have a lot of national information, but most of our collection is really focused on Chicago and the Midwest, which is fantastic. Mm. Ariel, what was it like for you when you first went into the Gerber Harbor, uh, Gerber Hart, and looked around? It was really exciting and felt full of possibility and just that feeling of wonder and excitement uh, to get so acquainted with the history that I knew was is here and was there and just very, very exciting. What about you, Jen, when you first experienced the collection? Because there's so much there. I, know, it, I mean, it really blew me away. So I, I started as a volunteer about eight years ago. And on the first day, I was building shelves. And then the second day, I was actually going through photo albums of Miss Tilly, the Dirty Old Lady of Chicago, who is what our first episode is all about. And I was, you know, it was all about, you know, I was seeing pictures of people performing drag in the 40s and 50s in Chicago, which I, you know, for me, I'd never, I didn't realize. I didn't realize that that had been happening. And it made me wonder, you know, what else was going on in Chicago that I I didn't know about. Well, Jen brings up Miss Tilly, so I, I want to go to this. In the first episode, <laughs> you tell the story of Miss Tilly, a, a Chicago drag queen in the 60s and 70s. Some of the photos that were uh, donated even show her in the 40s. And as you mentioned, Jen, she was known as the Dirty Old Lady of Chicago. <laughs> let's let's listen. One year, honey, uh, Sidetracks gave me a horse-drawn carriage, honey, and I put a hustler in there with me. And they fixed me up a container, honey, of, of vodka and seven. Jen, what what does it mean to tell uh, Miss Tilly's story and, and that it didn't get lost? Oh, it's fantastic. I mean, just, I, I you know, we talk about it in the episode just about how kind of fragile this history was and how, you know, we happened to get it from a woman who knew Tilly that was moving out of town. And I, it just made me think, you know, how much of history like this is kind of lost to, to addicts or, you know, might get thrown out. And it's beautiful. I mean, hearing her voice on the documentary, she's such a mystery. Mm-hmm. We see so many pictures of her, but we know almost nothing about her. And it's it's fascinating. Ariel, what would you say was the inspiration for starting this podcast? Well, I so I love audio storytelling. I find the medium so powerful. And I was so interested in getting acquainted with this history, meeting Chicago queer elders, 
just connecting deeper with my history as a Chicagoan, as a queer. So it was right in step. And honestly, I had heard about Gerber Hart, but I had never been there. Mm -hmm. And so it just was such an opportunity. And I really wanted to work with archival material. That's what was so profound about Tilly's episode too, um, getting to hear her and integrate that into the narrative, you know? Yeah, for sure. Can you talk to us about some of the folks involved in this project? Yeah, absolutely. So I, you know, I approached Gerber Hart and got connected with Jen. Uh, Jen and I met up, you know, for a good while, just meeting downtown for lunch, like scheming up the project, you know, asking like, have you guys ever thought about an audio element? And uh, and from there, we brought in Aaron Bell, who is a volunteer, a longtime volunteer as well. And then once we started collecting audio, I saw it as an opportunity to connect to other audio producers in Chicago that I wanted to work with. Uh, Hannah Vitti is a local DJ and a sound artist as well. And she came in to help project manage and sound design. And it was just really, really exciting to um, connect others to the project as a way for, you know, me personally in the work, but also with, with the material. Well, let's listen to the intro music of the podcast by Danny Robles. So it instantly and joyfully transports you to the club. Why was that an important tone for you to set, Jen? I mean, for me, I think it's such a, I guess it's a personal bone I have to pick with a lot of queer history, I feel like we focus on tragedy. I think that queer history becomes the story of, you know, people that were outlawed, it becomes the story of AIDS, and Mm -hmm. we don't focus on how much joy there is. And I think for, you know, for a lot of our collections, we're focusing on people's personal lives, moments of joy that they had. So I think having that tone, I was so blown away when we got it from Danny. I was like, oh, this is perfect. You know, really encapsulates that feeling like, oh, we're looking at these treasures, we're looking at these beautiful moments of joy and togetherness in these collections. Ariel, how many boxes did you all go through? (laughs) You know, we were thinking about this yesterday because depending on the collection, you know, some of them, like a size of a collection doesn't really have to do with the wealth of what's inside. Um, Some collections was, you know, a small, tiny box. Others were an entire wall. Um, But I would say probably around like 2025, right, Jen? Something like that. Um, And and I wonder what it was like going through the boxes, Ariel. I mean, it was, again, like so many... You know, so basic things like even looking at handwriting, looking at the way people wrote, people took notes, photos, seeing the way people dressed, like such brilliant time capsules. And it just is a really profound feeling of connection. Well, I want to hear some more of this podcast. You uh, interviewed historian John D'Amelio in the second episode. Is that right? Correct. Yeah. All right. Let's take a listen to that. In the 1970s, one of the very frequently stated themes of the oppression was silence and invisibility. That queer people, however you identified, were not part of U.S. culture and society, uh, were not seen, were not heard from. Finding our history is going to be a tool for liberation. Ariel, explain how these stories serve as that tool of liberation you mentioned. 
Yeah, absolutely. And John really speaks to this so well and kind of this period in history in the 1970s where um, historical excavation and study um, in and of itself was a way to create visibility. Um, and in that people could see themselves, uh, could not, you know, the narrative at the time and, you know, still in so many ways of this marginalized uh, outsider, like, like John was saying, mm -hmm. um, but that relevancy and bringing people into seeing themselves in history, um, using that to, I had to, you know, legitimize us as people in the world. Yeah. And Jen, these aren't stories of the rich and powerful, right? What do we gain by hearing regular people's stories? Yeah, I mean, absolutely. I think that, you know, so much of history that people think about, you think about, you know, the battles and the, the presidents and, and kind of these big sweeping movements. And we're not looking at personal histories where people can actually see themselves. So, yeah, I mean, seeing the the gals lesbian fishing group or seeing um, people, people that did small things for themselves. I think that's so meaningful for people to see themselves represented uh, within the collection because it helps you realize, you know, we've always been here and this is important. This is an important part of history as well. All right. I, I want to turn to the episode that dropped today titled Amigas Latinas. Ariel, tell us about this group and what they did. I love this group so much. <laughs> Amigas Latinas uh, ran for 20 years from 1995 to 2015. And they started uh, as a monthly meeting in people's homes, um, which they called Platicas, chats, and um, where they would have a meal, they would have a potluck, and they would talk about relevant issues, what, you know, what people were bringing to the space, which really started as interrogating their uh, intersecting identities. You know, this is a time when being queer in and of itself was already such uh, an identity to hold, but then also compounded with being Latina, mm -hmm. um, being able to bring your whole self to your life, right? So talking about this and the, and the group grew. And again, it became about being mothers, seeking resources. Um, they, they grew to be 300 women strong, wow. and they uh, gained 501 501c3 status in 20, uh, 2003. And yeah, and the way that they then evolved and had their own agency to decide to shutter mm -hmm. had everything to do with the changing movement and what, you know, Latina queer activism came to be at that time, yeah, which power was... power of the grassroots queer community building. That's, that's awesome. Uh, <laughs> let, let's hear a little bit from this episode. When I think about uh, coming out into your identity, at the time when people came out, you almost had to be one with your sexual orientation identity to the exclusion of your other identities. And Jen, they were operating, the Amigas Latinas, before email, before cell phones, right? <laughs> how, did, how did they reach out to other lesbians and bisexuals? I'm trying to remember with Amigas, I believe they had a beeper, actually, that people could call and it connected to their home phone number. Wow. So, you know, it definitely, there were some risks that went along with it. They did, they talk about in the episode that they did get some people reaching out that, you know, didn't have the best intentions. 
but yeah, they had to use, you know, personal cell phone. I know the, you know, gals, lesbian fishing group, they had a voicemail that people could leave a voicemail and then other people could check the voicemail so cool. to see, you know, where people were going fishing. So there, you know, there were all these ways that people could reach each other. And Jen, you want this podcast to serve as an invitation for, for more folks to donate their old uh, items, you know, to the, to the library. What do you say to folks listening right now thinking of donating? Real quick. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, just know that your history is important. I mean, I, Gerberhardt exists for the community, and we can only be as representative as the community that we have collections from. And we definitely are missing a lot of communities. And and think about, you know, your photos of you and your friends, the newsletters. I mean, all of this is representative of mm-hmm. a time period. So keep track of it, hoard it, be a pack rat, and then please, please donate to Gerberhardt. And Ariel, remind us where we can find your podcast and Give us a quick tease about an upcoming episode. Yeah, absolutely. So you can find it at the Gerber Heart website, um, or it's also on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, like wherever you get your podcasts. Mm-hmm. And some really exciting upcoming episodes. Jen mentioned the gals, uh, the Great Angling Lesbian Society, a group of women that created a lesbian fishing group. We do an episode on a queer bookstore that ran from 1988 to 1997, and that mm-hmm. episode was scripted by Jules Gordon, another local queer artist. And then also a really exciting episode about uh, Transgenesis, which was nice. a trans, um, like a founding trans organization group. Wow. And that episode was produced by Alyssa Eads. That's a lot. Well, we are certainly looking forward to it. That's Ariel Mejia, senior producer of Unboxing Queer History, and Jen Dentel programming and social media coordinator at Gerber Hart. Thank you both. Thanks for listening. I'm Sasha Ann Simons. We've got more for you on the podcast, WBEZ's Reset, wherever you listen.